Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to all. Good morning. I'm Catherine Reagan, and thank you for inviting me to be part of your congregation at this time when care for the earth is bubbling up as something that is important to focus on. So as I was thinking about what I might talk about today, three titles made their way into my awareness. One is, Loving the World Begins in the Heart, which is the one you see in the program. The other one was, loving the world starts with stopping. And the other one was, the inner work of loving the world. So you can see where I'm going. And you can see where I'm coming from in my thoughts today. There's so much knowledge out in the world, scientific evidence of, you know, the miracles of life on earth biology there's so much knowledge and scientific evidence of the amount of destruction that's happening in our world today and somehow knowledge doesn't move us it's not moving us is it so in my mind what is really called for is a transformation of consciousness and that's where we need to start and the foundational illusion through which we are processing all of our knowledge is the illusion of our separateness. So it's only in wisdom that that illusion begins to dissipate and a, a, a wider truth, a wider life becomes evident. So the poet David White has a good poem uh, and he says, start close in. Don't take the second step or the third step. Start with the first thing, close in, the step you don't want to take. So I'd like to start experientially this morning for those of you at home and those of you here. We're going to just stop and be for a few moments. Let's just come into our bodies. If you want to close your eyes, sometimes it helps just be present in the experience of being embodied. Feeling the rhythm 
of breath moving in and out of our bodies, receiving that breath, releasing it, in and out. And realizing that there's only one breath being breathed. breathing us. So aware of this vibrating, breathing, living body that we're inhabiting right here in this moment, just as it is, just as it is. And now becoming aware of feelings that are present just as they are. Maybe there's ease. Maybe there's joy. Maybe there's sadness or pain or worry. Just allowing our feeling self to be in our awareness. And now, becoming aware of our thinking self. This is the part of us that we're most aware of most of the time and kind of runs the show. So right now, we're just going to allow for that too, because that's part of who we are. All the thoughts that are coming and going about the past, the future, the meaning of things. Just allowing thinking to happen allowing the thoughts to come and go. These are the three centers of our knowing. When they are aligned in the present moment, there's an opportunity for real wisdom beyond knowing. Perhaps as we sit here quietly, you might even be able to sense your beating heart. If you want, put your hand on your chest and feel your beating heart or feel your pulse, life coursing through us. And then become aware that the person's nearest you, they have a beating heart too. And that everyone in this congregation, whether here or at home, has a beating heart. This is the beating heart of life. And we come to realize that there's only one heart. Life is coursing through all of us, beating. And in this present moment of being in touch with our beating heart, let's ask ourselves, who am I? What is my life? 
In the words of today's reading from the Gospel of John, Jesus is inviting us to discern the difference between our little self and a larger self. Do you get a little bit of a sense of a larger self when you stay present in your breathing, that one breathing, a little sense of a larger self, a larger life? When we think of that heartbeat that is universal, This is the consciousness that Jesus is inviting us into. What is your relationship to that real life? Because our minds are the, what's usually running the show, in order to glean the wisdom of our wholeness, we really have to stop. And, um, uh, so I invite you to consider, what is your relationship with stopping? I know for me it's hard. It's hard to stop. This is what Thomas Merton says. He says, some of us need to discover that we will not begin to live more fully until we have the courage to do and see and taste and experience much less than usual. And for those of us who let ourselves be drawn completely out of ourselves by activity, nothing is more difficult than to sit still and rest and do nothing. Every act of resting is the hardest and most courageous act he can perform. When is the last time that you sat still and did nothing? And I mean, nothing you know, think of all you have to let go to do nothing uh, Richard Rohr calls it the naked now um, we have to let go I mean if we really want to do nothing we're letting go letting go letting go of our agendas our expectations our schedules our beliefs our assumptions our perceived needs E.E. E. Cummins says, quick now, here, now, always, a condition of complete simplicity, costing not less than everything. For me, uh, my practice is centering prayer, and that's the essence of the practice, to sit for a few minutes every day and deliberately let go of everything kind of changes the wiring in the brain, actually, we come to understand. But I invite you to ask yourself, how do I do that? Are there times when I am fully present in my body, my feelings, my thoughts, and just willing to do nothing? So when we stop, what happens? Um, and I think that's part of what makes it challenging to stop, but I want to lean into Joanna Macy's work, so you may know of her. She's um, a beautiful Buddhist lover of the world, and she has created a way of being called the work that reconnects, the work that reconnects us to ourselves, to each other, to our earth, and we would add to God. 
And the four parts of that work that reconnects include gratitude, pain, new eyes, seeing with new eyes, and going forth. And I think we can use the guidance that's in, these, uh, in this process to um, realize what it means to be fully present to what's here, to stop and be present to what's here. So let's start with the first one, gratitude. So when we stop, uh, just recall a moment where you were looking at the face of a new, new baby or at a gorgeous flower, or at an amazing insect. You can't imagine how this creature came to be or what its life is like. Um, or these redwood trees. There's, um, you know, when, though, when we're really stopped in there, something happens in us. There's a kind of awe, a kind of joy, a wonder. And we kind of forget about all the doing and stuff for just that moment, or maybe a few moments. Um, so uh, I heard a Native American elder speaking the other day, and he, uh, when he was six years old, his grandfather took him down to a pool. And they just sat there in silence for a long time. And he said, after a while, all the little insects and birds and stuff started coming back and nature was being itself with them witnessing and being present to it um, and he said that was my first ceremony so we we think of you know being present to god as prayer as ceremony as worship as ritual uh, what, what would it be like to realize that sitting in silence, fully present, is our prayer? And that there's something that emerges in there that we deeply need. And, and that then we can recognize something in the earth that the earth deeply needs from us in this beautiful exchange. But of course, when we stop, the other thing that happens is that we might feel the sadness and the pain of our world. And how could we not feel sorrow? How could we not? Given there, there's so much dying and so much pain in our world. Joanna Macy says, don't be afraid of the pain. It's because you love. So loss and pain are part of love part of human life and i i love the second beatitude and i pondered it uh, blessed are they who mourn for they shall be comforted and i wondered what is the comfort because it doesn't take away the pain it's not something that takes away the pain but there are gifts in mourning which i realized when my husband died just a few years ago you know, the gifts of tenderness, of intimacy, when we allow our hearts to stay open. Forgiveness. I think it was when he knew he was dying that I, I knew unconditional love 
for him in the first time, uh, you know, for the first time after 50 years of marriage, right? It's kind of like we always have our expectations of each other, but to actually just drop all that, just drop all that. So mourning is full of gifts. It's, it's part of the wholeness of life. And both the awe and the joy and the mourning stretch us, grow us, give us new understanding, give us new eyes to see. That's where the eye of the heart, uh, the organ of spiritual perception, as Cynthia Bourgeau calls it, opens up. If we, if we don't have that, um, we miss the fruits of that presence. So there's a reason that the psalmist you know, says, be still and know that I am God. There's a reason that keep holy the Sabbath is part of the Ten Commandments. This is where wisdom grows. Um, and this is where, uh, you know, when we bring our soul, whole selves to the earth and listen to what earth is telling us about what it needs, we may then act out of wisdom. So the going forth is the fourth step, but it doesn't come before we have really lived the wonder, the sorrow, and the deepening understanding and wisdom that is our life. Uh, Wendell Berry has this beautiful little poem, and it reminds me of the, the grain of wheat that has to die before it can bear fruit. He says, willing to die, you give up your will. You give up your agenda, everything you think is so important. And keep still until moved by what moves all things, moves you. So this taking time to do nothing is not nothing. To love the world is not nothing. Here's a poem by Rosario Murillo that says it so beautifully. He says, this is the response that comes when we allow ourselves to stop and be present. He says, I'm going to plant a heart in the earth, water it with love from a vein. I'm going to praise it with the push of muscle and care for it in the sound of all dimensions. I'm going to leave a heart in the earth so it may grow and flower. A heart that throbs with longing, that adores everything green, that will be strength and nourishment for birds, that will be the sap of plants and mountains. You could almost hear the voice of God in that. God saying, I'm going to leave a heart in the earth. So loving earth starts with stopping. Loving earth begins in the heart. Loving earth is inner work. Stay close in. Willing to lose this little life, you will find new life. <laughs>